Well, I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, November 29th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Some tough news to start the podcast with Peak Pals. Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's right-hand man, passed away yesterday at age 99. He played a key role in developing Berkshire Hathaway's value investment strategy, but was also an attorney, philanthropist, publisher, architect, and Costco board member. If this sounds like a man you want to take life advice from, we've got you. At Berkshire's 2017 annual meeting, Munger famously said, a life properly lived is just learn, learn, learn. I think that's advice that we can all take to heart. Charlie Munger, great man, influential in my life as well. He will be missed. Peak Pals, we've got a great episode for you today for our first story. Scotia Bank earnings don't bode well. For our second story, Virgin Flight lifts off powered by cooking oil. And for our third story, the Windsor's battery plant drama. For our first story, bank earnings season started not without a bang, but a whimper, one that could be sustained into 2024. Here's how banks are doing. So Scotia Bank was the first of Canada's big six banks to report earnings, and they were pretty, pretty blah. The lender missed profit estimates after setting aside more than expected $1.3 billion to cover potential bad loans, a sign of what's to come for other big banks. RBC Capital Markets projected a 13% quarter increase in loan loss provisions for the banking sector of $3.3 billion, and that now looks like an underestimate. It matters because, sure enough, when every Canadian bank shores up money for mortgage defaults, you know, just in case, it's a sign that Canadians are struggling to pay them. The Black Friday shopping surge aside, Scotiabank reported customers with variable rate mortgages have cut spending by 11% from a year ago as they deal with soaring rates. For comparison, fixed rate mortgage, mortgage holders cut their spending by 5%. But loan loss provisions may be a drag on earnings, but they also ensure the stability of the country's banking system in case stuff hits the fan. Canada's top financial regulator has consistency, consistently raised loan loss requirements lately and is set to do so again next month. The big picture is Scotia earnings were also brought down by rising expenditures spent on things like technology and personnel, factors also affecting other banks. To stop the muddy drain, banks have begun cutting costs, including ongoing layoffs at RBC and Scotia. For our second story, for those of you who are already freaked out by airplanes, we have some fun news. Your plane could be kept in the sky entirely by stuff you'd find in a deep fryer. A Virgin Atlantic plane, powered entirely by a combination of waste cooking, animal fats, and other reused fuels, completed the journey from London to New York yesterday, a feat being celebrated as an environmental milestone in the aviation industry. It's the first time a commercial airline has run a long-haul flight on sustainable aviation fuels, SAF, a biofuel with a smaller carbon footprint than jet fuel. Matters because sustainable fuels are regarded as the most effective and accessible decarbonization mechanism that the aviation industry has at the moment. As airlines push to decarbonize, SAFs are seen as a crucial part of steering the industry in the right direction as other long-term solutions like hydrogen and battery-powered planes are developed. But SAFs can cost up to nine times more to produce than jet fuel, and some experts aren't convinced that they're actually a feasible alternative, especially when it comes to the reliability of sourcing materials like animal fats and waste oil to meet the demand for fuel. The bottom line is that planes are responsible for about 5% of global greenhouse gas emissions. SAFs represent 65% of the International Air Transport Association's plan to reach net zero by 2050, 
meaning a lot of eggs are being put in the sustainable fuel basket. For a third story, Windsor's new electric vehicle battery plant promised a plethora of jobs for Canadian workers, but that may have been a tad overhyped. The hiring of 900 temporary foreign workers at Stellantis LG's Nexstar EV battery plant, which prompted a political brouhaha, will cost Canadian workers and contractors $300 million in lost wages per the leader of Canada's building trades union. Officials called an emergency meeting to discuss the situation, where several MPs called for the release of Stellantis and LG's contracts for building the factory. Now to catch you up, last week, Nexstar confirmed 900 workers from South Korea and Japan will work with 700 Canadians to install equipment and set up the multi-dollar plant. Some will stay in town to work alongside the 2,500 Canadians projected to be hired full-time. This matters because new EV plants are viewed as a lifeline for regions of the country that saw once-prevailing manufacturing jobs disappear. For new jobs, temporary or not, with wages directly subsidized by the government to go elsewhere feels, well, for some, like a rug pull. The sentiment is acutely felt in Windsor, which currently has the country's highest unemployment rate for a city clocking in at a startling 7.1% just last month. But businesses bringing in their own workers to install proprietary equipment and standard practice, and this often requires company-specific expertise. Plus, there's doubt whether areas with new plants will have enough workers to fill the right skills. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not go follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, Make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great day, Peak Pals. Hey.